Well, I guess it's afternoon, so good afternoon. If you want to say good morning, it's close enough. I think we can uh, say that as well. It is good to be here and uh, thankful that we have the opportunity to worship God. We, we do have several that are visiting, and it's good to, to see you. I haven't met some of you, and I look forward to being able to meet you afterwards. I'm really thankful that, that everybody is here, that we uh, have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can look to as encouragement. We can open up His Word. We can sing together. Um, it's, it's just always such a good thing. It's such a blessing that uh, God has given this to us. Just a reminder for our members, or if you happen to be visiting and you think you'll be here next week as well, there is a big event going on next Sunday, and it's going to be chaos. And I don't want to, I'm not freaking out about it or anything, like a lot of people are. I don't think that we're ready for it as a city at all, but that's okay. It's going to happen regardless. But just keep in mind that probably the parking is just going to be non-existent. I mean, I, I know that the person at the front desk, she said that they were overbooked at one point, and now that's since kind of dialed back to where they're fully booked. I just don't see there being any parking here. If you want to chance that, that's up to you. But I would suggest that you mart it down and you know, either walk or Uber uh, from whatever MARTA station, or if you want to drive down and park at a MARTA station or somewhere like that, and then Uber here, or Lyft, sorry, uh, we have a Lyft driver here, so I forget sometimes. <laughs> There's another option. Um, but, but I would just suggest that, that you do that and, and think about that. So we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 10 this morning. We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 10. I do want to talk about something that is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to get to in a second. I want to talk about our speech today. It is the last Sunday of the month, and this is typically when we focus in on our theme. We have the theme of shine as lights in the world. We have a learning goal that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's to be individual, where I work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. And our living goal is shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. We, we take this from Philippians 2, 12 through 16. I couldn't really think of something that would be more outward and more very clear that as far as how we can shine and influence than our speech. I can live a certain way and people can observe that and I can shine. But most often it's the words that we say, it's the things that we say, the way we say them that make the most impact on, on people and carry the most weight sometimes as far as the, the influence we have over them. You could see someone that's a complete stranger at a gas station and what are they going to see in you that how you could shine? Well, it could be something that you do, but most often it's what you say. It's a kind word, something like that. And then the person that you know that knows you the best, is it always just how you carry yourself? You know, is it always that, well, I show them that I love them, I don't have to say it. No, that doesn't always work. You, you have to say it. Words matter. I want to talk about speech because of how impactful and important our speech is. But I don't want to just tell us what to say. That's not what I want to do necessarily at all. I just want to, to encourage us to, to really think about and examine our speech. Is it appropriate? Is it right? Is it too much? Is it too little? There was a Spanish writer that said, don't speak unless you can improve the silence. That sounds a lot like James chapter 1, that you need to be slow to speak and quick to hear and slow to wrath. And when I was in college, I thought, I don't like that, because it really applied to me. And if I had heard this quote, 
it would have really struck a chord and struck a nerve with me. It would, it would have hit me to my core because I talk a lot. And I don't know if it was one of those things where I like to hear my own voice. I actually don't like to hear my own voice at all in speaking, singing, anything like that. It, it's uncomfortable to me. But you just feel like you have something to say and you want to say it. Some people aren't like that. Some people don't have that within them. And so it's almost harder for them to see that even though it says that you need to be quick to hear and slow to speak, it doesn't say you shouldn't speak and only hear. You do need to speak. We, we are supposed to communicate with each other, especially if we're talking about the gospel. Let's go ahead and read in Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to skip around a little bit, and then I do want to focus in on a few verses. Beginning in Proverbs chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 8. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Now let's go to verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Let's go down to verse 13. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. Then go to 18. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Now let's go to the end in verse 31. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. It's very clear by just looking at these verses that you can either be a, a fool or you can be wise. You can be righteous or wicked. And your speech, the things that you say, have a lot to do with that. They prove something about you. Or you could say, well, that's not who I am at my heart but it's for some reason what's coming out. Well, something needs to change. Either you need to understand your heart's not like that, so change your heart, or you just really need to see that there are certain things you need to change about what you say. Maybe it's ingrained in you were, you were brought up a certain way, speaking a certain way, a little more harsh than you should, or saying things that are inappropriate, and that needs to change. And once you learn that, if you have the heart that is righteous, that is wise, that is, that is godly, it will change your speech. I want to go to verse 19 through 21 and really take a look at some of the things that Solomon has to say here. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Sin accompanies the person that can't restrain his words, but the wise show themselves by holding back. That's what it seems like verse 19 is saying to me. There is great value in the words of the righteous, but the wicked show their heart by their words, and there is no value in it. And then verse 21 seems like it's saying that the righteous, the righteous people live and give life to others by their words, but a fool's words are of no benefit to him or others. That really, really hits home for me. Again, I, sometimes I sit back and I wonder, why did I talk so much? And I don't mean in like a lesson or a sermon. I do that too, but um, I, I mean more in, in groups or when, when we're having a discussion about something. I could, I could intend to go into a group study or to go to whatever it is and think, I'm going to hold back and not say as much. 
And then just something within you just says, I got to speak though. And there could be other people that, that sit there and say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something this time. Whether it's at a group or just one-on-one with something, somebody, I'm going to speak. I'm going to say something. And then they leave and they're like, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I say what I knew I needed to say? You could be on either side. And what I want you to understand is that what the proverb is saying here, what the wise writer is saying here is that your words are meaningful and they have value to them. So use them and use them wisely. It's not that you should stop talking and it's not that you should always talk. Understand how much value there, there is in the words and in, in your lips and the things that can come from that. They, it, it is good for you and it is good for others. They can be of great value. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 4. I guess you could say that the first point that I, I wanted to draw out was the fact that sometimes we just shouldn't talk or sometimes we should talk less. And I think we get that from the Proverbs that we read. I think we get that from James 1, verse 19. Less isn't always more. Sometimes less is just better. And that's hard for, that's a hard pill for some of us to swallow. But it's true. But it matters what we say, how much we speak, and what context we speak. It's not just what we say with our mouth, but in today's society, it also applies to what we text, what we type, what we email, what we post, whatever form of communication we can use. And I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you why I, you know, this was something that I, I actually wanted to take a look at was because I realized that there are a lot of things that I don't say, I don't, I don't speak on because I don't care enough about them. And sometimes it's because I don't know enough about them. And sometimes it's because it's controversial. And sometimes it's because enough has already been said. But there are other times where I speak up and I probably shouldn't. And there are times where I know there are other people that speak up because I'm the one that's reading this or hearing this and I think that just was not needed. It was not appropriate. It could be political. It could be not political. It could be, it could be anything. Most of the time it winds up being political though. And there have been some things that have happened over the past few months that have really spurred people on to speak. And I don't think that's wrong. I know that's not wrong, but I would just say that we need to be cautious in that. And I'm not speaking to any one person here. I don't know of anything that any one person here has a problem with or struggles with. I just want us to be reminded of these things. Let's reread Ephesians 4. He says there, this is verse 25. Therefore, put, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I just want to break this down and, and notice some things that, that he says here. I think his overarching point is that my speech as a Christian needs to build up other Christians. 
The first thing he says, though, is that we need to put away false things and stop lying. We need to, we need to put that away. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. You don't lie. You don't speak false things, even if you think it's helpful for someone to be built up. You don't speak that. You don't talk that way anymore. You used to talk that way, but you don't anymore. Then he says that we need to speak truth with our neighbor. And he specifically says, for we are members one of another. So I don't think this is appropriate to ask, well, who is my neighbor? Like when uh, Jesus had that asked to him in Luke chapter 10. I think he pretty clearly defines who he's talking about. He's talking about when you're, when, with your brethren, with your Christian uh, family. Although I, I do think that there are some ways we should apply this. I know there are ways we should apply this to anyone we encounter. I do think he seems to be specifically saying, you need to be careful how you speak amongst yourselves. So you need to speak truth with your neighbor. He, then he says, don't allow anger to influence your speech. He says we need to be self-controlled to keep evil things away, to keep the devil away, really. And he says that corrupt speech is not used by a Christian. And when he says corrupt, it's, it really looks like he's saying anything rotten, anything that is bad, or even something that is worthless. I mean, I'm, I'm the king of some worthless speech. Uh, I mean, I can just talk and talk. And it's, and it's of no value. When we talk amongst ourselves, and when we speak to each other, there needs to be value and worth that we ascribe to the words we use. And if we can't find it there then we should probably stop talking. The same word there when he says corrupt is the same thing in Matthew 7 where he says that the good, where he says that the, the um, worthless or, the, or the, um, the corrupt tree produces bad fruit. Again, this goes back to what, what I said earlier that if I think that my heart and my intention is good but the words I use are not, then what I'm really seeing is that that's not true. Out of out of a bad heart or a bad root will come the bad fruit. So it reflects on who I am and what my heart is. And then I, I do like the NIV translation of verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may, be, that it may benefit those who listen. There's a couple of questions I think that we should ask ourselves, whether it's before we talk or after we've talked. We need, to, we need to be in the habit of asking a couple of questions. First question is, if it does not build up, should I say it? And the second question is, if it's not appropriate right now, should I say it? I want to clarify what I mean when I say, when it says build up. I, I do think he means encourage, but I think there's, it seems like there's an, there's an aspect of that where it might not always be like positive and pleasant to hear, but that doesn't mean it's not building up. It needs to be appropriate for the listener, and the moment needs to be right, it seems, is what he's referring to uh, as far as when he says um, in verse 29, uh, where he says, as it fits the occasion. I never considered that before. <laughs> in, in my mind, if it's something that's true, you should be able to say it whenever. And there's an aspect where truth should always be spoken. But if it's specifically with your brother and you, you know that there's something that needs to be said to them and the way it's building them up is more of an admonishment than it is just an encouragement, which means that there's a little bit of a, Kelly, you need to be doing this instead or something like that. The, the, the occasion, and I'm not saying there is something, just using Kelly as an example. The occasion needs to be right. 
but I shouldn't let my fear and my, how uncomfortable I feel with that conversation stop me from doing it and just put it off. Again, I can be the king of that. I, I, I don't have a problem saying certain things to certain people, but there are some people I really don't want to have a tough conversation with them. So I need to ask, is it building up? Is it good for them that I say this and not just good for me to get off my chest? And the second question is, is it appropriate? Is the timing right? And maybe, I, maybe there's something I can do to make the occasion appropriate for me to say it. And I need to do that. Then he goes on and he says that speech ought to give grace to all that hear it. So again, I need to consider, is it true? Is it helpful? And I need to consider the hearer when I think about, is it giving grace to this person? And then he says that kindness and soft-heartedness should lead us in our speech. So even if someone doesn't like what we say, we need to say it in a kind way. This doesn't mean that we don't speak in a pointed or direct way, but just that we consider the person we're talking to before we say it. And then that needs to dictate how we speak to them. So again, the first thing that seems pretty clear from Ephesians 4 is that our speech with Christians among ourselves needs to be to build each other up. But that doesn't mean we don't say pointed things at times. But it's all about the person and the occasion and what's true. And if we speak in that way, then we're doing exactly what Paul says here. I do want to go over to Colossians 4, which Colossians is, I guess you might say, the, the sister book for Ephesians. I mean, they go hand in hand with a lot of things. And they go hand in hand with this. And there's only two verses I want to look at in Colossians 4. That's in verse 5 and 6. Paul says here, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So here he, he says that he's speaking to those that are outside. That's what he's teaching them about. So what should we do? How should we speak to those that are outside? And I think when he says outsiders, it seems to me that he's saying those that are non-Christians or or unbelievers, whatever whatever you want to call them. It's not just people that are not of of their congregation, but they're of a neighboring congregation. It really seems like those that are outside the body of Christ. How should we speak to those people? Well, we should speak to them intentionally and gracefully. He says that we need to be wise in the way that we act toward outsiders. Make the best use of every opportunity. We need to let our conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that we may know how to answer everyone. We need to be ready so that we know how to answer everyone. This is specific to those that are not Christians. And what really seems very clear to me is that when he says walk in wisdom, wisdom needs to lead us in everything we say. That probably applies, that surely applies when we speak to our Christians as well but especially those that are outside the faith, you might say. If we're supposed to shine light in the darkness, then one of the things we need to do is we need to make sure we are being wise in what we say to those that are in darkness. And I can't just believe that everything I say is true, and so I can say it to whoever, whenever I want. There needs to be wisdom and grace, and it needs to be seasoned with salt. Be purposeful and take advantage of your time with them, though. Don't delay. You need to speak with them. You need to speak in a pointed way, but you need to do it in a fashion that is appeasing to to their ears because they can tell the heart that it's coming from, not because the words are flattering and nice for them to hear. 
Grace is shown to those that do not believe by saying truthful things in a tactful way. And we need to be ready or get ready for what to say. I shouldn't approach a conversation with someone that is not a Christian when I'm going to talk about them, their faith, their walk, their relationship with God. I shouldn't approach that conversation in a way that is, well, it's no big deal. Or, of course I know what to say. This is easy. Uh, They'll be able to see it clearly. This is is a no-brainer. It's not that easy. What I need to do, I need to be prayerful. I need to walk in wisdom. A few questions I think we need to ask from this passage. Again, is it true? That that really seems to be a theme to me in in all of this. is, Is it true? Another question is, what is my audience? Third question is, am I ready and prepared to say this? And then the last question is, is it beneficial? Does it lift them up? Now, that conversation with someone that's not a Christian is different from the conversation with your brother or sister. The way it lifts them up is you are trying to build them up to the Lord, like lift them up. And in doing that, you might have to show them their state. You might have to show them that they're not walking with the Lord, that they're not in fellowship with Him. Well, that's a very tough conversation to have, but again, it's, it's to build them up. It's to encourage them. It's to help them draw closer to God. Whether it's by correcting them or whether it's by encouraging them and kind of giving them a pat on the back. Whatever, whatever the situation calls for, whatever the, the listener is in need to hear, that's what we need to speak. Those are the two, only two passages I wanted to look at today. And I just want to spend a few minutes just emphasizing the ways that we should talk and the ways that we should not talk. Because in today's culture, speech needs to be thoughtful. It's not something that should just be done without consideration. I shouldn't think that my voice needs to be heard. I shouldn't, I shouldn't think that way. And I've been guilty of that. And I fear that, and this is, uh, to be totally transparent, this is just Blake's judgment based on what I see. Sometimes when I see some things on social media or I hear things, I can't help but wonder, is this said just because this person wants their voice heard? And what's so special about their voice? I don't think there's that much special about my voice. I don't think it sounds especially great or anything like that. I don't think my words are better than, than Richard's or Tim's necessarily. Now, if, if they haven't spoken and something needs to be said, somebody needs to say something. So if you look at it that way, then that's fine. But if it's already been said, then why do you have to toss out your words if those words have already been said by somebody else? That's a hard realization that it's okay for me to shut my mouth. It's already been said. Again, be, be slow to speak. And if you're quick to hear, you've already heard it said, you know you don't have to say anything. It's been said. I'm also the, the king, not king, um, whatever I am. Uh, I, I, I repeat myself quite a bit. Most of the time, that's for myself. That's for my benefit because I, I don't think I said it right the first time. It's not because I just want to say it again or, well, obviously there's a better way for me to say this. Sometimes it's because I think I dropped the ball in how to say this before. And that's understandable, but less words can be better, especially if it's already been said by somebody else. If I'm led by love in my speech, 
then I don't seek my own. I seek other people's benefit. And that means that I'll either shut my mouth or I'll say something that is hard for them to hear. But whatever it is, I need to be considerate of that situation and of that person. So I shouldn't think that my voice needs to be heard. It really is about truth being taught. It's about truth being spoken. It's about God being heard in some way, whether that's through you or someone else. Love, grace, and truth should guide our speech. It should guide our speech with one another, and it should guide our speech with those that we consider in the world. So when you think about it, you need to be unchanged in how you speak and how you act. Whether you're here on a Sunday, whether you're in a Bible study on a Wednesday night, whether you're at work on a Tuesday at 10 a.m., whether it's Friday night and you're out with a bunch of friends, wherever it is, you need to speak in a way that is coming from a heart of love, grace, and truth. But that's what you want to promote. That's what's guiding your speech. It shouldn't be from a heart of, I have this burning thing, I just got to get, get it off my chest. That's not, that's not considering the hearer, that's only considering yourself. And again, I understand what that's like to, to see that that's what you've done and then to try to hold back. The first time you, have to, you really have to hold back what you want to say, it is so hard. And then you think, maybe I'll have another chance to say that. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, it's, it's okay that it wasn't said. A wise person can restrain their lips. And a wise person looks at their lips, based on what Proverbs 10 said, as silver. It's valuable. It's precious. It's something that is good for others. It's not just something that should be just tossed out everywhere. It seems to me that there are times where we can look at our words as just the sand, and we just want to scatter it everywhere. It's just, and it's just, there's, it's so much of it. I, I, uh, I was watching this uh, video and there was a question about are there, more, are there more stars in the universe than there are sands on the beaches or something like that. And I don't, I don't even remember what the answer was to that. But I, I just thought that was so crazy to think about, well, grains of sand on all of the beaches, are, are, is that comparable to the stars in the universe? And then think about your words. Do you toss them around as if they're just grains of sand that they're just meaningless, that they, and really they're annoying more than anything. I mean, I, I don't like when I go to the beach and I have to worry about the grains of sand that in, my, in between my toes, in my shoes, in my clothes. I, I don't, nobody likes that. And there are times that's how I throw my words about to people. So it's not comfortable. Nobody likes it. And I need to learn that lesson. I need to look at it as silver, something precious. Something that is good for somebody. Whether they like it or not, it, it needs to be something that I take great care in how I speak to them. And lastly, when I speak, the hearer, the context, and my ability are factors that I need to consider. First and foremost, I do need to consider the hearer. I have to think about them. And that dictates what I say and when I say it. The context, so maybe it's the right person, and it's the, and I, it's I know this is something that they need. I need to say to them, but the context just isn't right. Poor timing. You you need to meet with them one on one, especially if it's sin. Think about consider that if it's a brother or someone that is not a Christian. If it's sin that you're wanting to speak with them about, then it needs to be a one on one conversation, if at all possible. And then. 
my ability is a factor in this. If I'm not prepared, if I haven't been prayerful, if I'm not carrying myself in a humble, loving, gracious way, then I shouldn't say it. And I shouldn't just think that, we can't just think, I'll say it, and if they don't like it because of who's saying it, because of how I'm saying it, that's on them. You're already disqualifying yourself from, from speaking because you're not considering them. And you're not really considering you. You're just considering your, as far as, you're not considering yourself as far as if you're ready for it, if you're fit to say this thing. So for example, let's say that what you want to talk about is homosexuality in our culture, in today's society. Well, we can go to scripture and we can look at it and see what's true about that. We can see what is right and what God wants and what is not pleasing to him. But consider the hearer. If who I'm talking to is someone, and if I don't have knowledge of, of their background or who they are, then it shouldn't stop me from saying what scripture says, but to say it in a way that it's just like, it's the most disgusting thing ever, and how can anyone think this? How can I'm not being considerate to that person that I don't know. Or maybe I know them, and I just, I'm fed up with holding my tongue with them. Well, that's not appropriate either. What I really need to do is I need to seek the Lord, seek truth, and then speak that when it's appropriate. I need to find out something about this here, though, if I can, if at all possible. That shouldn't stop me from speaking truth, but I need to find out something about them before I really give my thoughts or my, um, totally lost the word, commentary. My commentary on, on the scripture or how they should apply it. Or let's say it's something political. It was kind of funny, uh, right before we started class, uh, Kelly made a, a remark about how, you know, this is the only thing I'm going to say political this year. I was like, we're early in the year. There's no way that's true. Not because of Kelly, but because of just who we are. We're going to speak on things that are going on around us. I would encourage us to be less passionate about those things as far as don't, don't take them to heart to where it builds up and you just feel like, i got to say this. No, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to. You need to be careful who you say it to. There is a, a thing that really started with a lot of athletes and celebrities where they were tweeting out a lot of things that, and then they were going back and saying, well, it was an accident or that, someone hacked my account or something like that. Or they were saying, well, you only have a certain amount of characters, and so this wasn't what I intended. Because everything they were saying and putting out there was getting twisted and turned around, and it really seemed like most of it was what they meant. But they didn't like the response, so they were backtracking from it. So the idea was, don't press send, okay? <laughs> like, think about it for a second. Pause. Christians need to do the same thing. We're supposed to shine as lights in the world. We're not supposed to cast darkness. And we're not supposed to reflect poorly on the light that we are, we are trying to shine. I don't, basically what I'm saying is I don't need to get in the way of the light that I'm trying to shine. And if you, can, if you do that by what you say or what you put out there on social media, again, I don't know if this is a problem for anyone here, but just generally. And I would even say when you see this, when you see it, don't let it affect you in a way where then you want to say something back. If something needs to be said, that's fine. But don't let things affect you in a way where like, Oh, well, they weren't, they weren't quick to hear. They were quick to speak, so I'm going to be quick to speak. No. A Christian is unchanged in how they carry themselves and what they say. So 
I hope this is helpful just to think about. Again, I don't need to think so highly of my words that I, I never restrain myself. None of us should. I need to make sure I consider the here when I'm speaking. And the context and the situation matters, but always speak truth. And always focus on what's going to build someone up. What, what is going to help this person be drawn closer to the Lord? And if it checks that box, then say it. But you're, con you're having to consider several things before just thinking about, do I want to say this? You're having to consider several things. So my encouragement is that we're more cautious and more aware about what we say and who we say it to. It's, it's very, uh, actually one of our studies on um, John, in First John, I remember that someone asked something about what it means to confess. Well, confession has to be done with your mouth. It, it is speech. That is something good that we should always do. We should always confess. That's something the Lord wants to hear from us. And I don't, I don't know if there's anybody here that hasn't confessed yet that Christ is Lord. But if you're in that situation, then I would encourage you that that is speech that needs to be spoken. You need to say that. And that's something that you should think of and say regularly. Never hesitate to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Another thing that we at times will need to confess is that we have sinned. And if you're here and you need to confess either of those things, if you have not yet confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, we want to help you so that you can see and we want to study with you to see what does that look like? What does that mean you do from here on? But also, if you have sins that you need to confess, whether that's to someone specifically because you sinned against them or they sinned against you, or if it's something that you need help with from this group, we do have a song we're going to sing in a second, number 507. Josh is going to lead that. And if you need to talk to somebody, you can talk to me. You can talk to one of the members here. And we can try to help you. We can pray with you and pray for you. Or if you need to make your life right in any way, we're here for you. And we want to try to help in that way.